Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. A Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn, and live better. You're Nat Kringudis. I am today. I am Cecilia Ramsdale. And are you sure? I'm not quite sure. Hang on. Yes, no, I'm wearing stripes. Yep. Must be me. Excellent. We're back for another. Do you know what? Actually, when I met some other podcasters just recently and they said, how often do you put out your podcast? I said weekly. They were like, oh, wow. Yes. Like, that means we have covered so many topics. I know. We have covered a lot of topics, but there's always more to talk about, which is something that I love because people in my life have very often said, what happens when it runs out? I know. Oh, that ain't going to happen. But you know, five years ago when we started this, I think we realised pretty quickly that we weren't going to run out. No. Mm. That said, if there is a topic that we haven't covered and you would love us to cover that, then please get in touch. We would be very happy Mm. to explore all of the things. All of the things. Mm -hmm. Now, we're moving away. We've had quite a lot about fertility and motherhood and stuff lately, and that's been lovely and wonderful and warm. But today we're going to look at something that's a bit bigger than just us and and n- not much to do with motherhood. Well, maybe actually it's all linked. Everything is linked. This is what I'm learning about our our topics from the Wellness Collective. Uh, today, our guest is going to talk to us about this idea that our personal wellness also is very heavily linked to the planetary wellness. Now, it's a big topic. I know that. But I think she's the right person to head us in this direction to discuss it. My name's Sally Matrick. I'm a health educator. I'm a practicing naturopath. Um, I've been. Uh, I worked as an environmental activist before I trained to be a naturopath, and sort of saw the writing on the wall. And I guess brought that those um, that environmental activism, and also um, kind of deepened into an understanding of interconnectedness mm. um, between individual health and planetary health um, because of that interest of mine and that passion, actually that driving passion. Um, and so, so I guess you know over the last 20 years have been really looking at the weaving between how do we uh, look at individual health and how is that reflected in environmental health or the planetary health and also how the planetary health is affecting individual health. So, Absolutely. so can we just define what is planetary health? Because there's someone out there listening going, is that like like the planets or talk about it? What is oh, it? Oh, right. Yeah, mm. no, Pluto. No, he's mm-hmm. not involved in this one, I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, that's a great <laughs> question, actually. It's almost like, well, yeah, you know, planetary health, I mean, I think that's something that we strive towards in a way. And I, I don't know if it ever, you know, I think, I don't know if we'll ever actually get to a place of incredible planetary wellness, but I think it's a multifaceted aspect. So, um, you know, we look and look at it in, we can look at it economically, we can look at it socially, we can look at it, um, you know, 
in terms of pollution. We can look at it in terms of health of, of the oceans. We can look at it in, health, in terms of global warming and mm-hmm. we can look at it in, in so many aspects. So we're talking you know? about planet Earth. We're talking about <laughs> planet Earth and, and the incredible sophistication, incredible complexity of that. So it's overwhelming if we start to think oh, of it like it that. it so is. And, and I think if you... You just look at the fact that as humans, we have always taken for granted the world that we live in provides us with all of the things that we have taken from it. So true. And I think there's a bit of an awakening that people have gone, well, actually, maybe that hasn't been the the right response. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a level of overwhelm that can occur with that realisation, you know, as well. (laughs) And And so then it's like you feel like you can't do anything because of the magnitude of the issues that are going on. And I think that that lack of empowerment is something that's really... Really, um, really detrimental to personal health as well mm. as planetary health. I think that is. that's <laughs> that's a really good point that you say because I mean, where I live, we have quite a big garden, and we were fortunate that when we moved in, they planted. Um, it had been landscaped beautifully. So there's come this time of year, springtime, when we're recording. It's the garden is full of blooms and bees. Mm. Oh, bees you know what's everywhere. Actually, speaking of bees, Mum was looking at my um, lemon and lime trees the other day, and she mm. said, "Well, you know." That's all good and well that you've got all those flowers there, but do you have any bees? I was like, actually, yeah, there's always bees hanging around. And then she was like, oh, that's good, then you might get some fruit. We get lots of fruit. Anyway, point is there's bees. Well, and the point is that bees are an indicator that the world is not going so well. If there's no bees, then we're in big trouble, right? Yes. And so in my little patch and in your little patch, by the sound of it, there's bees. So I feel like, okay, well, we're okay. Mm. So then it's quite easy to sort of lose sight of the fact that, you know, out of that 100 metre square radius, maybe not so much okay, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But also, equally, that that little 100 square metre radius is fostering life. It's part of that ecosystem. So it will be, you know, I mean, if you think of, of all of the planet as an integrated web of life, if you've got one part of the web which is like, you know, diseased or stuff, that's going to start to penetrate and move through um, and affect the whole. But equally, if you've got something that's really health-oriented mm. and, and really um, nourished and rejuvenating and tapping into the rejuvenation um, nature of the planet, which is essentially what this is about, really, yeah. is that like we've got the rejuvenative capacity internally as individuals, but also the planet does. So if we suddenly start to look at it like that, then whatever we're doing in our own little patch can actually then go on to really infuse that vitality throughout the whole web and influence like that. So what do we do? What's the best way to start to do this? Because it's all good and well to say, oh, we have to do this and we have to do that. But it's about action. And I think the the reason that we don't necessarily action something, because it, it feels too overwhelming. So Ooh. true, Nat. It's so true. So, you know, I've come up with a couple of little pointers for this um, podcast. The first one, I think, is a stress management practice of some sort or yep. some kind of mindfulness practice. One of the ones that I've I've been really enjoying lately is a, is a type of breathing practice, which is called a vagal tone um, enhancer. So, of course, Ooh. the vagal no- nerve is, is the nerve, the main nerve that kind of connects the brain with the rest of the body and particularly the gut. The type of breathing is essentially that you breathe, you should always do it with a a level of calmness inside of your system. It should never um, create any um, tension within the system. So the counting should be your own counting to ensure your own calmness inside the system. But it's essentially breathing in for four, Mm -hmm. holding for seven and breathing out for eight. 
And just doing that in for four, holding for seven and out for eight and doing that for three minutes, that can actually help to bring a sense of calm within the system. So when you're calm, you're absolutely more capable of making choices which are going to impact your health and the health of everybody else in a, in a much more nourishing and, and rejuvenating way because you're complete, like you're, you're not being thrown about by the chaos around you because you've kind of anchored yourself in that. So that's one really easy thing that you can do when you're on the tram. You can do it anywhere. You can do it right now, you know. I love that. I love that breathing is there for us at any given time, you know, and I think it's just that you have to learn that and that's a really good thing that you've given given us there. So it's four, seven and eight. You just remember those numbers yep. and at any time if you feel a little bit like, oh, gosh, this is a bit out of control, you can do that. But the, right. it's also the collective that that has. Like if we were all to be doing that. Well, and even just <laughs> that very ripple different. effect that's of, right. of exactly. who's around you, if you're exactly. the calm in the middle of it, then that's like right. you say, that spreads. That's yeah. right. Okay. And then from there as well, of course, you can connect with yourself. You're connecting with yourself through that practice and also you can connect with others. You mm-hmm. know, you can, you're can. you more likely to be available to be listening to what someone else is doing or to be able to connect with the trees or the bees or, you know, or the crows that are running, you know, flying through the street and just connecting with your world around you, yep. which again is going to give you a sense of not being isolated, not being alone. And we're tribal by nature. We need to be, you know, included. And and that's part of our makeup as well. So connection, I think, is another one, which is a really important aspect of um, of, of that personal wellness, which gives you the capacity to make those choices yep. to reduce your plastics, to, you know, reduce the chemicals that you're contributing to the environment and all of the other things that we can do as well. I think it's about awareness. It's always about awareness. You know, Mm. we don't realise how much we use of things. We think, oh, we don't. I don't use much plastic. Mm. But um, my kids have just had this thing at their school where they've been building some seats out of two-litre milk bottles. Seats? Yeah. So, like, um, seats have got a bush block and and so they're they're building these these places for people to sit out of these bricks that are made out of plastic containers. And so they've asked families at the school to contribute these two-litre container bricks by putting all the soft plastics that you can inside the two-litre bottle and then creating like a solid structure. So, of course, I've been monitoring how many soft plastics that we have. It's extraordinary. Yep. Absolutely extraordinary. You know, the fruit and veggies that you buy Mm. that are wrapped in plastic Ridiculous! It's crazy. I know, that is crazy. You know, lollipop sticks, um, yep. straws. Sticky tape. Sticky tape, highlighter pens, textures. yeah. You know, like it's everywhere. And yet we just, oh, oh that's just textures, you know. Like, I know, but I think we haven't been conscious until that's recently. That's what I mean. Like straws, all of a sudden we're like, oh, my goodness. But yeah. we didn't think twice about it for, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. Never. Yeah, I mean, right. you made things at school out of them. Five years ago. Five years ago. I, I know, but I think that there were people that were more conscious five years ago. But I would certainly say 20 years ago, that was definitely the minority. Yeah. We yeah. were also smoking back then too. <laughs> <laughs> In aeroplanes. Yes, that was that. So that's one of the things that um, Joanna Macy, who's one of the leaders of Deep Ecology or one of the four one of the pioneers of thinking around deep ecology, which is this concept of interconnectedness. And um, she says, we all wake up together. Mm. And it has been a progress. You know, it was like the hippies in the 60s and, and, you know, there's always been activists in the 70s and in the 80s. And there has been a small percentage of us, you know, I guess I'm one of them because I was an environmental activist when I was, you know, when I was 21. Um, 
And so it's kind of like there's been a group of us and, and now that that number is increasing. And so it is becoming more mainstream. And it's almost like there's a tipping point happening now, which hopefully, you know, is going to really start to um, turn the ship around, essentially. I think part of it too is for a long time, uh, many of us have had trust in the decisions that have been made mm. on our behalf. Mm. And I'm in talking about you know, um, even things like BPA that's included in so many things that we use mm. and we didn't know mm. and yet it's damaging to our health. And so I think the, the change now is that we can actually um, make those decisions ourselves because we have that information and we don't actually need to trust or we need to be a bit more sceptical potentially. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the um, information technology we have now is obviously a part of that, that we can actually look into these aspects. And and another, so this one is that we're, we're, that information is available to us as opposed to having to go to a library, some yes. random library to find out that particular thing. So we've got that. But the other thing is, is that I think that, that um, the holistic understanding of how everything is connected is part of this awakening. And so when, for example, superphosphates were put into um, washing detergents to make your whites white, Mm. basically what it does is it binds up water irreversibly. Now, the scientists and the chemists who put that together to put that into the washing machines, to put that into the, you know, into the waterways, obviously weren't thinking about water as a crucial element of life. They were thinking about how can we make our product so that it's going to make whites as white as possible. And everyone was like, I love wearing white. I want to have my whites white. (laughs) But they weren't thinking either about what the ongoing effect of that is. But now we're waking up to that. And so I guess there's no time to sort of blame or shame or any of that. It's just like, okay, now that we know that, how can we actually nourish our water and rejuvenate our water as much as we can rather than, um, you know, spending any energy blaming or shaming, really? that's Mm. I I really feel like we have to actually move forward quite... um, quite unified, in a unified way to really sort of start that rejuvenation capacity. And kind of quickly. And now, (laughs) like now, you know. (laughs) But even things like um, a few years ago, Melbourne was in quite severe drought. And so we got used to the fact that you couldn't have long showers. You know, you had to have a three-minute shower or you didn't wash your car in the driveway or you you only watered your garden on alternate days, those kind of things. It's just mindset. So as long as people know that there's a good outcome from the effort they're putting in, then they feel good about that. But it's about letting people know what the best thing to do is and not just feeling bad about everything. Mm. I remember being in labour when we were in the restrictions <laughs> and I was in the shower and oh, they're like, no. I'm like, is this okay? And they're like, it's fine. Have your shower. Like, stay in there. Don't get out. And That's I was, the exception to the rule. I know. I felt awful. What I don't like about that is that water prices went up ridiculously and never came back down again, interestingly. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> another day. <laughs> I think we probably at this point should take a quick break, but we will be back in just a minute. In this episode of The Wellness Collective, we're joined by Sally Mathrick. She is a naturopath, but she's also somebody with a lot of ideas about how we can work to make the planet a better place and make life for ourselves better in the process, I guess. Is that a good way of putting it? Sure, yeah. (laughs) So tell us about Project Drawdown. Project Drawdown is um, really worthwhile checking out. Um, It's I'm not an expert in this, but I was really excited about it when I first came across it. It's the top 100 solutions um, come up 
that's been devised by a group of um, scientists internationally working on how what is the best way to draw down the carbon in the environment to be able to reverse global warming. So, of course, the carbon in the environment is coming out mostly because of um, our addiction to oil and to petroleum products. So uh, we're taking it out of the ground and we're putting it into the atmosphere and that is essentially warming the planet, which is then shifting life on Earth, right? So that's what climate change is, but yep. it's they like to call it better global warming. So how do we draw down that carbon? How do we sequester the carbon out of the environment and put it back into the Earth? And there's a whole range of solutions. And so Project Drawdown was looking at those. And the ones I'd really like... and, and so check it out, top 100 solutions, yeah. but we have to action them. Some of them have to be actioned on a governmental level, mm-hmm. on a, like on a state level or even on an international level, mm-hmm. which obviously, you know, there's been talks around they that. They don't seem to be getting very far with that, do they? Yeah, well, let's hope that we can change <laughs> that very soon. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but the, the ones that I wanted to point out, were in the top four, there are things that we can incorporate every day in our lives. The f- number one of the solutions is watching out for refrigerants. Now, I'm not a refrigerant specialist, but I do think about why would you, why we have on our shelves butter or um, refrigerated goods that come from across the world, which obviously have to be refrigerated all the way mm. when they're being imported or if we're exporting as well. So why would you do that when we can make butter here and just use the butter here? You know, so I guess one thing is if you're buying food, um, are you buying refrigerated or frozen food that's coming from across the planet, which then needs to be refrigerated all the way across? So if you suddenly as a consumer stop doing that, that's going to reduce the demand and, st- and potentially reduce the amount of refrigeration required on that level. So number one is refrigerants. The two that I think are the most pertinent to um, everyday life yeah. uh, around food, number Solution number three is um, reducing food waste. Oh, see, this is such a big one. And when you've got, I've got fussy children and boy, it's oh, so hard. I lost it this morning. They <laughs> waste I so lost much it this food. morning because the, the amount of milk in the cereal bowl mm. is enough for three people. <laughs> <laughs> it was maybe the fourth time that I'd had a go at Olivia. She wasn't happy when I dropped her to school. And then, of course, what happens? You feel bad. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it's making them aware as well. Mm. And it's difficult because as a kid, I remember my parents saying, oh, you know, of course, the standard line is there are starving children in the world. Mm. But what did that mean to me as a nine-year-old? I didn't get it. I'm like, okay. No. So I don't know, you know, unless you take them and show them. But I guess you lead the way as an adult, I guess, is all you can do. By Absolutely. There are a lot of adults that waste a lot of food and, and uh, you know, I think we're guilty of it as well. You mm. leave a couple of mouthfuls of stuff in the fridge and then three days on, it's no good, so it gets chucked in the bin. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess, you know, part of it as well is chucking it in the bin, um, mm. you know, instead of composting it or putting it somehow, like allowing it to rejuvenate uh, or, like, re- you know, to break down and, and nourish the soil because, yep. you know, obviously the soils, um, the top la- layer of soil is also a huge element of um, of sequestering carbon and, and supporting rejuvenation on the planet, obviously. Um, and, you know, I think as well that like, eating less is, a, is, is also part of that, 
um, that food wasting, just sort of not con- not needing to consume as much. You know, we've got obesity is the stats on obesity are outrageous. It's six well overweight and obese, sixty five percent of Australians. Yeah, and it's I crazy. mean, and that's a, that's a multifactorial issue. It's not just because people are eating too much. There's a lot of issues. You know, a lot of aspects to that issue. But certainly one of them is um, you know eating a huge amount of um, of sugar and fat and and possibly overeating because we make things taste so good. So we want to keep eating it. <laughs> Well, I think that's, yeah, that's part of the challenge too. But as you know, and I'm going to keep on talking about fasting and or less food, less food, that's all it is, is fasting. It's just this fancy <laughs> name that we've had. We have to name everything, paleo, this, that. It's just mm. it's just what we've always done. Um, but it's it's so confronting for people. Like this idea of eating less oh, or refraining yeah. from eating for a period of time, heaven forbid. I know. But all the benefits that happen are, uh, you know, we're talking about, many facets to that and I love where you're coming from with this but I think on a, a health level as well you know it's it's um the benefits of that are extraordinary. Fasting is incredible. I mean, if you could put fasting in a pill, which I think they're trying, there's so much research no coming way. out. No Fasting it, in a pill. Well, the, the idea of actually <laughs> what happens with fasting, it, the science is, I mean, I'm not, I, I'd lo- I mean, I've done a few presentations on fasting, but I know that there's even more that's come out in the last sort of six months. You know, it's it's really quite, quite amazing because the profound effects of what happens when you fast is that your body rejuvenates. You get stem cells, um, get support, you know, start to come out and you get brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is essentially part of the, you know, the brain's um, glue to in- encourage new neural pathways to occur. You get this over, uh, you get autophagy, which is essentially the body eating itself. So the body eating the broken parts, the broken cells and, re- you know, recycling within itself. Incredible level of intelligence, an incredible level of sophistication. But I hear you, Nat, because it's almost like when you take food away from someone, it's like, it's really challenging because it's our most intimate relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I recently put up a post of me five months apart fasting and it wasn't, we were doing another challenge and so it was actually my motivation was to just, people with not much clothes on kind of stops people from scrolling and that wasn't my intention. I do have a (laughs) bikini on, but again, I don't generally post pictures like that, but I'm like, I just want you to see the difference that five months makes of Purely just that. That's the only thing that I've changed Intermission here. Intermittent fasting? Yeah, and I don't even call it that. It's just kind of winging it fasting. But, yes, I guess if yeah. you wanted to give it a name, I guess it is intermittent fasting. But yeah. some days I might eat once, some days I might eat twice, sometimes I don't. I just am guided by how I'm feeling. Right, your um, appetite. Right, exactly. And so it was interesting because there was a whole lot of comments on there about body image. That was the biggest issue people had. They were like, well, you're not promoting healthy body image. And I'm like, well, visceral fat's kind of dangerous, so mm. I feel like I am promoting healthy body image, but the idea of, you know, people see it as starvation and it's not. No, there's and a big difference between fasting and starvation. There's a massive difference between fasting and starvation, and I think that's, that's. but people are confronted by it. A, obviously, you know, first we have resistance, right, and then we get curious, and then all of a sudden it just is. Mm. Um, but it was very interesting to watch the process of people and their reaction to it, and the ones that were very vocal about it um, it was interesting to engage in conversation, but it was obviously personally triggering something for them. Um, but what about this idea that you actually eat when you're hungry rather than eat because it's breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time? 
Even, Rad- radical concept. I know. <laughs> it, it is. But totally. If you think about when we were being brought up, I never liked eating breakfast, but it was always like, oh, you have to eat breakfast. You've got to eat a big breakfast mm. before you go to school so your brain mm. can work. I know, right? Well, well actually, I'd... maybe the science says if I wasn't hungry, I probably shouldn't have eaten Well, I've breakfast. started doing this with the kids. I'm like, do you want breakfast? And, and you know, no, I'm not hungry. Or maybe they might come to me 20 minutes later. Yeah, maybe I will have something, but I don't force it anymore mm. um, because I, I know that they'll be A, fine, <laughs> and B, they'll eat when they're hungry. Mm. I think that, I think nourishing, I mean, like really acknowledging what you're hungry for is great. Yes. And when you are hungry and we do, we have learned to eat by the clock. And I think, mm. I think breakfast is a really important meal, but it doesn't have to be in the morning. But when you break your fast every day, you know, what you're breaking your fast with is probably the key thing. And this is one of the most exciting things that I've, well, the hypothesis that I've developed around fasting and breaking the fast. So naturopathic tradition would say that if you break the fast poorly, like if you break the fast with sugar or fat or, you know, processed foods or bad foods, if you like, in mm. inverted commas. Um, Drive-through sausage McMuffin, not so much. <laughs> those kinds of things. Then you're basically undoing all of the good that that fast has done. But if you break the fast with really, really nourishing foods, mm. then um, then you're, you're, doing, you're getting the benefit of the fast. And I think that's because... Your stem cells, I mean, particularly with fasting that's gone on more than like, you know, 72 hours, but it could also be applied to, I think, smaller like intermittent fasting periods or even overnight p- fasting. If you if you have um, food which is essentially um, informing your cellular replication and those new stem, stem cells that have been regenerated through the fasting, you're actually directing that replication through the food nutrients which are informing that genetic um, rejuvenation of the of the body of your body, then you're going to get the benefit from it. So breakfast is important, but you don't have to have it when you're not hungry in the morning. Just have it when you're hungry during the day, and make sure that it's full of nutrients in terms of enzymes, in terms of minerals and freshness and vital foods. You know, mm. so that's my suggestion. We can keep on going with your points now. I got sidetracked with fasting. Oh, no, that was I love good, it. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Fasting is, is crucial. I think it's a real solution yeah, as I well. Do, I know. I say that all the time. If I could get every patient to fast, they probably wouldn't really need me. Yeah, well, I don't think they would. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, even <laughs> reducing inflammation, pain. Absolutely. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think also too the other part about fasting that that gets lost sometimes in the talk is that often your brain works better. Oh. Like you so get up in the morning better. if you don't shove food in your mouth straight away, if you go and do a task that requires a bit of brain power, you find that you don't get that brain fog. You know, you just get straight into it and bang, 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 it's all done. Mm. And then you might feel a bit hungry. It's weird, but it actually does work in that way. It's not It's not that sometimes your body maybe is bogged down trying to process everything and then the other stuff's a bit tricky. Yeah. So another great solution is, uh, and this is also number four on the drawdown list, is eating a plant-rich diet. So... Um, and so that's saying, I mean, one, one of the ways I like to put it is use meat as a condiment as opposed to meat as the main part of your meal. So people will say, what are you having tonight? Oh, we're having chicken or we're having lamb or whatever. It's actually, why not say, oh, we're having fennel and cauliflower. And then you have, if you are a meat eater, you have the meat as a condiment on the side and just a small amount of meat. We know that um, meat production is an enormous um, 
an enormous burden on the planet and the amount of protein you get from the meat, the, the cost of that protein is inordinate. And, you know, even like we know that the Amazon was burned, um, or is, I don't even know if it still is burning, but, you know, part of that was because it, they wanted to fell the land or clear the land for um, grain production and soy production in order to feed um, cattle or to, you know, the livestock feed essentially. So we need to have as much you know, as many trees and as much mm. um, wild growth and vegetation as possible on the planet. So, um, but the plant-rich diet, you know, the, in January in 2019, um, the Eat Lancet Commission, another international consortium um put together the planetary health diet. And so that essentially talks about um, a very, very plant-rich diet looking predominantly at proteins from nuts and seeds, as well as, you know, the the combination of mm. plant proteins. So the plant-rich diet, I think, is also is, is like a really crucial thing that a choice that everyone can make every day, which is actually really significantly contributing to the health of the planet. Mm, so good. I've loved this conversation. Mm, it's really lovely, isn't it? Well, it's important and I don't think we talk about it enough. And again, like I said, if we're not consciously aware... How can we change anything? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So if all this information that you have, is there somewhere that you can direct people to find out more? Sure, thanks. Um, so I do have a, a website, soundmedicine.com.au. That's um, my business. I've got quite a lot of blogs there. I've got a series on what on earth can we do? Um, and that's uh, a lot of interviews that I did um, with leading um, leading international people who are working on this level of understanding our interconnectedness and, and tools that we can um, draw on and ways that we can think and small actions that we can do to contribute towards um, a healthier planet and a healthier self. Mm. Um, I also do um, workshops. I run, um, like if you've got a group who wants to learn about this sort of stuff, I do workshops in workplaces and community groups and things like that. And obviously I'm a, an individual practitioner as well, so I can help other, I work over in um, in Clifton Hill uh, and yeah. I'm lots of, lots of things to draw upon. Just before you go, I, I think let's just recap. So let's look at buying things from farmers markets, from local places, even wineries. Yeah, and growing your own. Growing your own. I've, yeah, I, I've, I've got my veggie patches and I went and picked some um, sweet peas. What are they called? Well, the sugar kids, snap peas yeah. the other day. all over that at the moment with the, from the supermarket and the, the seedlings. Yeah. yeah. Although, can we talk about that for a moment? Yes. So those seedlings, my husband is big on where did things come from. Mm. They got packaged in Poland. Oh, mm. oh. So right. let's look at this fact that, okay, we want to increase kids' involvement in growing fruit and vegetables and herbs and, you know, getting in touch with the soil, but we're going to import all of the stuff around that well, from a long way away. I think we can always do better, can't we? But we it's can a good do better. start. It is Let's a good go start. <laughs> better than plastic <laughs> crappy toys that are just land contributing to landfill. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, but it was just a shame. I thought, why why can't it all just come from here? Mm, like there's so say. many solutions yeah. that yeah. are possible. And yeah. it's just a matter of thinking, actually. It's just yeah. thinking, how is that going to impact mm. people and how is it going to impact the planet? And mm. now we are beginning to think like that. And I think it's also a series of questions. It's another blog I have is like, what questions can we ask in order to really enhance, you know, mm. the, the the health and rejuvenation of the planet. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank Excellent. you for joining us today, Sally. It's my Sally. pleasure. Thank you for having me. Until next time. We do hope that this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better.
Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.